Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This episode is my monthly conversation with fellow MVP Norm Young on the latest in collaboration insights and automation, focusing today on real-world usage of generative AI. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My guest today is Mr. Norm Young, a Microsoft MVP and a senior strategic consultant at AppPoint. Welcome, Norm. Christian, great to be here talking about the latest trends in yeah. automations and insights. That's right. Well, and this is an interesting, we, we, we were uh, discussing how we're still kind of in the post-summer, you know, the Microsoft news doldrums, the slowdown that happens where everybody in the Microsoft ecosystem kind of, ecosystem kind of disappears the month of August. And so we're kind of getting, getting things back going here in September um, and before the fall events really truly get underway and more announcements happening. But our focus today, that we were talking about before we started recording, real-world usage of generative AI. And basically, how are things going? Here, here we are, September of 2023. You know, what, what's real and what's, what's fake out there in mm-hmm. the AI world? And that, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a valid question to, to have, uh, not just for today, but going forward, because we have this mix. Uh, I find it in in my working life as I as I follow the news with Microsoft about what's new, what's coming. Everything has a new Copilot moniker on it, uh, and that's fantastic. The promise of those tools is great. If I flip over into my personal life and I'm scrolling through social media and I'm seeing uh, posts about how uh, AI is is reimagining some of my favorite science fiction movies set in different uh, settings with different characters or or real life images of uh, you know my favorite Simpson characters coming to life, it feels like it is moving at a speed that uh, is not normal for uh, for technology, and that's and that's and and I think that's really saying something because uh, you know for for those working in the Microsoft Cloud, there's there's no shortage of new features, new changes, new things rolling out through the message center or the roadmap or whatever, but the 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 moving promise. Uh, uh, of of this new era of of AI is beyond anything that I ever would have expected. Uh, yeah, I see Microsoft taking a tempered approach, saying that Copilot is coming, but uh, the rest of the world is saying like AI is here, and, and it, it truly is. Like we've both talked about how we use it, um, yep. and, and the way that you were probably using it uh, six months ago versus the way you're using it now is probably completely different. I don't know if that's tool maturity or user maturity, but you know, when you think back six months ago, the first time you cracked open chat GBT, uh, it was probably amazing. Like you couldn't believe the type of value that, or the promise of value that you could get out of it. And now I wonder how you're using those same tools today. Well, that's why I love, I love that uh, uh, generative AI 
uh, adoption curve and there's that just what you described everybody goes and checks it out goes to the site starts playing with it going this is incredible and i'll use it in all these ways and then it starts crashing down into a lot of a lot of people that again they don't know how to use it how to, to really make the most of it and so they just start saying well it's the output is garbage it's like i i had this experience where i was asking it for citations for some of what it did and it provided a bunch of links and i'm like oh cool it provided the links and i go and follow the links the ones that were actual links to something that weren't just garbage so they were hallucination you know urls the other ones it just made no sense i couldn't find the quote that it had included and then put the citation in so like little issues that like that that, that was chat gpt 3.5 mm -hmm. and then got the paid version started doing other things with it but it's you know the in the adoption curve it, it is it's like that it's like the hype everybody's excited and then when they start seeing what it's producing and they don't understand how to use it to its fullest capability so it plummets like the 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 feelings about it and then when people adjust uh and start understanding how do we actually engage with it how do i ask the right questions how do i train it in the right way to get the kinds of responses and when i don't get exactly what i want how do i refine that request um then again it starts growing that's kind of where i i feel like i am i have certain chats certain well, i don't know what you'd call it certain queries mm -hmm. in chat gpt that i leave open because i have it trained it's been getting giving me good output and when i have those questions i go back scan my list of different areas where i've done these trained it on these different questions and go ask similar questions that are just a continuation a refinement of the earlier responses so i can leverage what it's already done that was correct and build on that and that must be the key with the current state of the generative AI is keeping that content specific line of query open so we can continue to learn as you learn to get those right responses. Uh, there was a point where I, like six months ago, I, I had ChatGPT generate something for me. I read it and I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm getting these outputs. I, I have to manually copy and paste it into Microsoft Word. I have to make sure that it's like not someone else's content. So I'm doing reference checks in Microsoft Word. You know, there's the odd hit where that happens and then I have to go like clarify it or cite it. And then I want to apply my own voice to this, which it doesn't always have. So I'm like, I saw the promise. Then the reality hits where I have to do my due diligence, my work, and then I have to apply my own voice, my own style to make that content a little more authentic for me. Uh, did I lose that initial benefit of AI? No. Did I keep it all? Like, was the promise fully realized? The answer is no, I, di I didn't. Um, I had to do some work. And there's that disconnect between the AI service and then the tooling that you're going to use. And we're going to see that for a while. There's going to be a disconnect between products and services in this space. So when I see these, these small, uh, AI solutions that people are using. They're, they're always advertised in social media about how great they are. Uh, but the truth is you're not looking at a, a single tool set to, to get work done, are you? No, it, and that's that's the problem. I was, as I was sharing, I, like I, I've started in like Instagram is a great example of this as you scroll through and like every fifth or seventh 
you know, post is a sponsored and usually AI related post. And you get these, these people, it's complete clickbait. Like, you know, here's mm -hmm. five tools, AI tools that if you're not using, you're losing money you know, yeah. kind of stuff. And I just skip past that garbage. I started to go take a look at some of them. And there's some really cool tools and technology. And I've, I've got kind of now where I, I'm scanning through as I'm sitting in a waiting room I'm or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone where I will then copy and paste the URL to that short video and send it in a chat to myself or an email or something rather so that I can pick it up later, go back and look at it and go investigate the tool. I, sorry, I'm not of the mobile phone generation where... I'm going to try and do all these things through my mobile device. Like right. I, I use my mobile device for, you know, as a phone, which is unheard of. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and for music, it replaces my Zune. Oh boy. You're dated. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, um, but bunch of these little tools, but to your point, what I've discovered is that so many of them are so specific. It's like they do one thing. Maybe they do that really well. Like there was like literally one of the ads was you needed all three tools together. One of them was a, uh, a an AI tool to help you create better marketing headlines. That was it. Headline mm -hmm. generation. Then the, the second tool that this person was recommending um, helped with ad copy. So they're talking about advertising. The third one to create unique images for each of those. So here were three different companies with three different very specific granular feature sets that you had to go and do. And, and I guess in theory, you'd they're not free. You'd have to, to get the best of each of those, pay mm -hmm. for those. Um, I want all those in one tool. Yes. So I think that maybe that's just the next phase. We're going to start to see the aggregation of these services. We're going to start to see acquisitions um, between these companies to merge them together into tool sets that do this. Like Adobe might just start snapping them up. Right. Or right. Microsoft. Yeah. And it, it and it reminds me of uh, at, a, at a previous career when uh, Office 365 was not as mature as it is now. And we were all using the best in breed tools. So I would have, you know, at, at Trello going on one side that have Evernote on another and whatever we were using for cloud storage I had the best in breed of all these applications, but no connective tissue between them. So they're, you know, essentially not enterprise grade stuff. And I, and I found that uh, kind of problematic because it was hard to maintain uh, identities across those different apps and services and, and, and marrying up uh, uh, content between them. So when, you know, Office 365 starts to mature, um, you know, in the case of like Trello, yeah, Trello may be a better tool than Planner. Uh, but Planner meets my needs and it's in the context of where I work and I don't have to maintain multiple identities. Um, Evernote, great solution uh, when it came out. Uh, now I would just rather live in OneNote because it's again, it's all compartmentalized, it's safe, it's for my organization, whether it's work or whether it's home. So it's nice to have that. And I've, I think that a lot of people will be willing to live with downgraded functionality compared to best in breed. These small little startups who have these amazing ideas that do something like marketing headlines really well uh, might live with the second best option if it's within their existing uh, set of tools that are authorized and more importantly paid for.
Yeah. You know what's kind of like though? Uh, yeah, so I, I got rid of, so we, we discontinued cable TV. We, we were early streamers, mm-hmm. my, my family. We got rid of cable TV like, I don't know, 15 years ago, long time ago. Um, and we, we didn't do satellite TV or anything. We just did the bare minimum streaming. We just found that my, my kids weren't big TV watchers. And so the DVDs, you know, were movie watchers, not show watchers. Um, and then we were early, uh, the, the Netflix adopters of the mail-in, you know, so watching more movies kind of stuff. And so then we picked up on the streaming stuff. But what's happened, we've all seen it now, is that there's so many streaming options and you buy all the different channels and your total monthly bill, because we're looking at each one of them, they're somewhere between $7.99 and, and $17.99. Yep. And we don't think about it, but we're probably paying a lot more for our paid streaming services than we ever were on our cable bill. That's right. That's now, a great the, analogy volume of content and stuff it's it's greater and there's more there's flexibility in there i think it's still a better value than what was you know the cable um but you know we're we're kind of in a similar place with these these tools where it's going to start again they're going to aggregate together i i'm interested in seeing again as a marketer uh as a as a content person how exciting when these all these little companies where it becomes important for them to make sure that they integrate have APIs into or uh, and leverage you know HubSpot and Marketo and Pardot mm-hmm. and kind of all the other the marketing tools that are out there then that is going to be a major shift if i'm able to go in to a marketplace of ai tools and select the capabilities and configure the solution set that I want, but they'll all integrate into my marketing automation. That's when it's just going to be an amazing experience. Absolutely. Uh, it's like getting a, a a bespoke Swiss Army knife made. That may not be very practical for many people, and it should be cost prohibitive. Uh, could you imagine? Uh, all of these services that are so data dependent, having to bring that through a security uh, compliance review at a at a large, highly regulated uh, organization. This type of stuff is probably not going to fly. Well, but I, I'm not uh, anti AI and I'm not anti all of this stuff. I just think, you know, pra- being pragmatic about it, it's uh, it's going to be that second tier that comes to the larger tool sets like Microsoft, Adobe, and so on, where you you know they're going to be held to a, a high standard and can prove what they say they're going to do and not do with your data. Those are the ones who are really going to to take over the market share. The people who want to live with best and breed, the early the early days AI, the the quick to adopt, you know, um, fail quick type organizations. That's cool, they, and they're going to realize some value in it. But you know, here and today, uh, when I think about my first uh, usage of ChatGPT and some of the other AI tools available to me, versus now, there's the promise and the reality uh, ha- have not come to uh, an intersection point. I still get tons of value out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm preparing for. Uh, uh, the, the second annual power platform conference in Las Vegas this year, and one of the things I need to do is like. Build up some demo 
environments, demo tables, demo data, and all this stuff. And like, I can go research this stuff, or I can just tell ChatGPT, give me a table table schema that performs X Y Z. Give me the sample data to go with it. Give me the form layout, and it's not connected to the Power Platform set of tools that I'm using it, but it is actually giving it to me in a way where I short circuit the process. I save myself hours of research time, hours of data entry, and you know I fast track all my demo processes there. So I, I do see the value into it. Uh, for me, the major disconnect is in the end productivity tool where I am working or development tool in my case. Yeah, well that, so, so yeah, that disconnect with those the tools that I'm actually using, because that's that's part of you know when you think of digital transformation, um, I mean, where where it actually digital transformation pays off is where it is mainstreamed into the way that you work. Mm -hmm. it, that that's it's it's not just about latest greatest technology; it's about optimizing technology, old or new, to get the, the highest performance out of the organization. Meaning, right. if we if we create widgets as an output as our product. You know that we've been doing we're able to do 100 widgets a month well through this optimization we're able to do 125 a month 150 a month i mean that's what digital transformation is about so it's it, we we need to see the integration into these other tools that we use to get our jobs done that's an important part of it the yeah the the i always the the ethics discussion that happens mm -hmm. around a lot of these pieces too i think a lot of that is solved when you start looking at it from the enterprise scale it's one of the reasons why i'm so um bullish on copilot you know I, i'm i am completely sold on all the early demos that we've seen again for most of us they've not been able to touch it and play with it stuff that's not out there there's some early paid private previews that are out there um, even as MVPs, we've not been able to get access because it's customers only. You have to get accepted yeah. in and pay for it. Um, and so, but to be able to go from a from a data insights perspective, to be able to go into Copilot and Excel and say, show me the three data points that I need to be paying attention to about this massive graph. To be able to go in and to, when we're able to start doing that, saying, take a look at these three documents. Tell me the patterns that you see from these three different documents that maybe are time-based. One from a year ago, one from six months ago, and one from now. Like, what are the trends from these? What are the themes that I need to be listening to? What are my actions? What's mm -hmm. left undone? I mean, those kinds of things. We really are getting to the point where it's the Star Trek it just makes me think. What's the what epic what what Star Trek movie was it where they saved the whales? Was mm -hmm. that four or five? I don't remember which one it was. But there's a really funny scene where they're they go in. He's like, okay, we look for the information in the computer. And it's Scotty. Yes. And he picks up the mouse. He's like, computer, computer, get up, computer. Hello. Yeah. And and he's like, no, it's a, it's a mouse. You move it around. And he he looks at the guy in the modern era. He's yes. Like, how quaint. How quaint. You know? <laughs> but but we're getting to that point where we can have a natural language conversation and get data out of that without having to, well, again, I don't know how much. This is the problem with seeing a demo like that that Microsoft put on, not understanding how much data cleanup, how much prep, how right, much right. They, they say the smoke and bailing wire was involved with that demo to make it look as incredible as it did. 
Or can I literally just, I share with you an Excel spreadsheet, you go plug it in and open up Copilot and say, show me this. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's a disclaimer buried somewhere in the, the license agreement when we use Copilot saying it's not responsible for the results and all this other thing, and you should always validate the work, but that validation Look for the is word, not going to happen. Uh, if you day. see the word auto magic anywhere in the disclaimer, then you know. <laughs> yeah, not to be trusted. It's going to uh, be longer than six months. Yeah. And that that's an interesting, that's an interesting point. It will be trust. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if it's the same type of trust issues that organizations have when they first move to the cloud, right? Is my data safe? Is my data secure? This is different. This is, you're interpreting data. Now, I've spent a lot of my career working in the data space, analytics, business intelligence, stuff like that. And uh, one of the things that we never did as the, the people building these analytics solutions was to offer up insights. You just simply provided data in in an informative fashion that people can consume who could make the analysis, the decisions and whatnot. So now you're getting a tool that's doing that for you. And that in itself uh, can be problematic. Um, I mean, we go back to the trust. Are, is, is, is their understanding of using your, your previous example, what are the, the, the interesting points that I need to consider? Are those in what makes interesting defining the ability to to train something to know what subject matter definitions look like? It, 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 it's not going to be like what an acronym means. It's going to mean like what does success? When I say right. define success, what do those attributes look like? There's there's got to be like this whole I don't know. I don't want to say the word mechanical, but there has to be something that uh, allows people to influence and configure what uh, a key term or a key definition or a key metric looks like in order for these to be successful and and trusted yeah uh, so i i often think about you know and i love the examples like tell me what three trends i need to look out for in the, the next new year well like that, that's a crystal ball and that only exists in movies and that doesn't work uh, so for me beyond like those those high in the sky type dreams that AI might fulfill. I'm thinking more of ways like uh, when I come from that strategic way of thinking down to that tactical or operational area where I'm saying like, what am I going to get out of it? What's my team going to get out of it? Yeah. I want like that meeting recap. When I miss the right. meeting, tell me what I need to know. Tell me what I need to do. More importantly, uh, if I say I'll take care of that on a chat and if it can spin me up a to-do and remind me about it 24 hours later like oh my like you've actually added value to my day and it sounds so operational and not big picture but i think operational value at scale can't be ignored and i hope that the promise of ai in that space comes to fruition well you remember it was the i think it was was it was it build or inspire? I don't know. It was one of the big marquee events. And it was like in 2015 or 2016, where they had on stage, they built a little conference room. 
And so they did kind of a future of meetings. And that's where we saw like what you just described. It was, they talked about before you go in, it's telling you and saying, hey, reminder of this, this is what's going to be covered. Here's what the agenda is. Here's the materials that you need to be reading that you need to follow up on. Here's the, your, your tasks, your, yeah. your the items from before. Here's what you've actually completed. Here's what's still, here's the status of those things. Then during the meeting, it, it showed in this video, and I think, again, I, I'll try and find it uh, out there. I, we've talked about this. You and I have yeah. talked about this before. But it, it would, uh, you know, identify, like, who was talking. And when, when somebody in the meeting, like, you're talking, and then I said, hey, if you could take that task. So I don't say, like, hey, you, Norm, take that task. But it knows that in context. I'm speaking to you, whether it's picking up like the eye contact in the meeting as well for right. video of that. But then, so, and then follow up to the meeting, there's that task. Like Christian asked Norm to do this, yeah, uh, right. uh, related to this, and here's where it is in the context. So you can actually go back to the recording and see, oh, that, that's right. That's what we were talking about around that. Um, but that was just an amazing experience. And, and I remember at the time, and I'm thinking, how the heck are they going to do this? Like, what, what are they working on? What are they doing now with where we are and with the co-pilot and what we've seen with, uh, you know, uh, with the, uh, the cognitive capabilities of, uh, of the, of Cortana now of that's part of uh, Viva insights. Um, the reminder emails, like all of that, it's exactly that point. I can, I don't need to take my notebook. And I've, we've all worked in those teams or those companies where like no laptops allowed, or we want people focusing. It's like, all right. So oh, we, we covered that in the meeting. It's like, really, you didn't allow me to have my laptop. I don't remember what the, all of those things were. It's capturing all those things. Yeah. Right. That that's incredible. It's the hope is. My hope is for my own personal benefit is uh, like a an improved way of working. Uh, I don't want to throw away my my style, right? Like I still have pen and paper for my most critical things. Uh, I still use to do planner and all those other tools for for the things that maybe aren't as time sensitive. Um, but I, I just see this realization of like a percent or two of my time a day coming back from these tools, even if they're not the most cutting edge of AI tools, uh, adding value. And I think it's it's those small gains, those marginal gains that will uh, will add up to something quite impressive for users, for departments and teams, and eventually organizations. So in this way, uh, as, co as, excuse me, as Copilot starts to roll out for, for Microsoft, I'm okay with it not being as great or as flashy or as advanced as what we're seeing in some of these amazing startup companies that are are making these amazing things like they're just they're truly amazing but uh, maybe some of that is more content and and creativity driven than than you know the way we work I'm with you. Give me 60 70 80 percent of what's out there again it doesn't have to be bleeding edge yep what I'm excited about is oh, like the fact that uh, ChatGPT is trained on most recently 2021 data. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even if you went and retrained that and we're caught up here for the, the latest in 2023, 
uh, it's instantly going to be outdated because yes. time keeps moving. Um, so the idea that the this is the lead difference between the enterprise version of this technology, not only is it integrated across the productivity tools that we use every day, day in, day out, um, PowerPoint, Word, Excel, OneNote, SharePoint, Teams, mm -hmm. you know, all of those different tools. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably most excited about uh, the Exchange Outlook integration, but being able to go and leverage that data and give me the trained model, whether it's a blend of public and private, but be integrated with the up-to-date real-time of my enterprise data and systems, that is exciting. So give me 60, 70% of the functionality not on the bleeding edge, but the stuff that's been around a, a, for a while. So for a while in the AI world, that's like for the last six months. Yeah, right. Uh, but have it trained on my work data. That's incredible. I mean, the value there yes. is so far surpasses having the bleeding edge technology, but being disconnected. That's right. And uh, the the, the knowledge managers at some of these larger organizations, I imagine they're they're watching co-pilot developments uh, very closely. I imagine this will impact them greatly. They will want to continue to extend their their responsibility or their governance into the into the the organizational information that we said those those resources that are really going to supercharge AI capabilities for enterprises. Um, to make sure that you know your version of the truth isn't contrary to my version of the truth you know it has to have a, an organizational truth and every large organization with data silos has, has had this this issue maybe the smaller organizations where there's not too many contentious areas of 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 information things that are agreed upon in a small organization they'll probably be quick to benefit from that as well uh, the middle-sized organizations, you know, they'll probably challenge to have a, a knowledge manager uh, reconcile what's right, what's not right, what's key, what's not key. So maybe Copilot's not going to be for everyone. Yeah, uh, but it is. Uh, again, the the promise of what it brings is still very exciting, even if the reality is shown six months later that uh, um, the disconnect. Uh, takes away some of the value, not all of the value, but some of the value, uh, then I mean the disconnect between the, the productivity tools where we we end up doing the outputs from uh, things like ChatGPT and whatnot. Well, I think one of the lessons here is that, I mean, we, we all, we understand the hardest part of any kind of technology adoption and transformation is the cultural side of things. It is so hard to get change to happen. Um, and I just, I said this in my last interview, uh, I'll say it again, um, that the, you can have the most pro technology executive team, leadership team, but if the culture is one that doesn't allow people to experiment and try things and fail quickly and mm -hmm. learn from that and do that, I said, then it doesn't matter how pro technology you claim to be. You have to have a culture that allows people to go and try things and experiment and change, change the status quo. So it's, I, I, I don't yet know, I'm playing with 
so many of these little tools. I'm trying, as I was mentioning, where we kind of started. I'm looking at these little videos. I've got a list of different tools that I want to go and try. I've got dozens of tabs that are open around news and and vendor sites for these little yeah. tools to go and try things. I'm trying to experiment because you you don't know what could click and fit in the way that you're working. Um, some of them I might think are fantastic, but then uh, a move away from when Microsoft creates a version that has 60, 70, 80% of the functionality, yep. but integrated. That's right. Um, but it's, you need to be looking at, I mean, this is, this has always been the case. It's speeding up now, but with technology, it's one of the reasons that one of the things that drew me to tech as a, as an industry, as a space was that there's always something new. Yes. You're constantly learning and you need to constantly look at review and adjust um, because there might be, they're, they're constantly building a better mousetrap. So you need to try these things. I agree. Uh, and I will say that change in the technology front is something that I, I look forward to as well. But as I've, as I've gotten more mature in my career, uh, I've, I've come to provide or come to have a lot of empathy for the users who don't feel that way. The, the people who are just using the tools to get their job done uh, want to leave at the end of the day. Something like this, uh, you know, has the potential to be a bit disruptive for some of them. Uh, but hopefully uh, it's it's rolled out. It's governed in a way that. Doesn't make it feel like it's such a foreign new big brother not to be trusted type of value added solution there's a lot of words in that one but the point mm -hmm. is it's uh, it can be uh, new technology can be scary for a lot of business users well there's a uh, it just makes me think of kind of a project management 101 is is that there's at some point the cost of not taking action or the yeah the, or the the cost of change uh is lower than the cost of not taking any action meaning yes. that you know they're there when things are, are and i it, as it being in the microsoft system i is ecosystem i used to say this all the time this is like for those the the sharepoint realm remember this i used to advise customers they're like well we need to move to the latest version of sharepoint I'm like but do you mm. like yeah do what makes sense and this is actually like something that actually caught microsoft off guard uh, early on in the cloud push. This is when Bomber was still there and he was like, cloud, 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 you're a fool if you're not in the cloud, um, which is just such a great message to push out there to your customers. Um, but would, so I advise customers, I said, like for you, like it, you, you just did all these investment in the servers and all that, like you've not yet gotten the value of the money that you spent on that. You need to be investigating aware of what's happening new, but mm -hmm. Will the move and the cost and all of that and the time that's involved actually bring you, bring you greater value? Or is the time just not yet? Look at it again next year. Get more right. of the value, what you've already spent. And at the same time, slowly prepare, clean up your information architecture, get ready for that, that migration, um, and then make that move. <clears throat> and Absolutely. so that's something that is... You know, that, that's something too, is that by, you, you can't understand that, that 
Like we could move now, but the benefits would be smaller than the cost of moving. Um, you can't understand that if you're not piloting, trialing, experimenting, trying things out. Like there's no way to know that nope. unless you're trying to stay on top. Yep, it's uh, it's too early. Uh, people need to cut their teeth on these tools. You know, like the the consultant, the trusted advisor type people need to cut their teeth on these these types of new tools in tech to find out where they fit in the business for the right business scenario. The work that needs to happen to get ready to implement it, like you're uh, alluding to, but also wh where do these new AI driven productivity tools sit on an organization's maturity curve? Like it, if you still don't know how to share out of OneDrive versus attaching that large file to an email, then, you know, don't worry about Copilot. Worry about the foundational work first to get the initial value out of that licensing with with, it, with whoever cloud solution provider you're using. But that has to be understood. It has to re be reflected on uh, those maturity models that uh, that we all know about. Yeah, I was. It's a great point because I I was just thinking about whether they've started incorporating the AI components into the upper levels of the maturity model community discussions. So for folks that don't know what we're talking about, if you go and do a search for Microsoft 365 maturity model, uh, it's community-led uh, content that's available out on like docs.microsoft or where, wherever it is. Um, it's, it's out there live. And so there's working groups. Um, so a bunch of folks that we know, uh, Mark Anderson, Sharon Weaver, um, Simon Doy, um, you know, Simon Hudson, um, and a few others that are on that, um, that stemmed from the old uh, SharePoint maturity model work that's, wow, 10, 12 years ago um, by uh, Sadie Van Buren, uh, kind of kicked things off with that. Yes. But a lot of this AI stuff, I mean, I'm sure there will be a maturity model for AI adoption that'll be figured into this community's plans, but it, I really look at it as being a higher maturity level across the board on that maturity model. Yeah. Um, so uh, like if you're not familiar with the maturity model approach, again, you, you look at each of the different categories and you scale from 100 level where you're naive, where you know, we're, we're, we just learned to make fire uh, as a company <laughs> versus, versus you're, you're um, using lasers. Um, but a lot of the AI stuff, so you, you, you might identify that say, Hey, as far as productivity, as far as, you know, insights and analytics, we're at like a one or 200 level. doesn't mean you can't be experimenting with things, capabilities that are at the four or 500 level, but Generally, when it becomes practice, those are higher level things. I, I, I would just be surprised. I've not looked at it in a in a couple months, but that they've not started to incorporate the AI into that that model. Right. But it'd be worth to take a look. So, where do you see your your next step in your AI journey taking you? Yeah, as I'm still playing with these different different tools. Um, uh, again, I'm aware that like we use HubSpot 
CRM and there are some tools that are claiming HubSpot integration. So then I'm going to start looking at, well, the ones that I'm playing with, are there versions of that product or something similar that have those integrations? So as I, if, if I start saying, hey, I see how this could just change my world, then I'm going to start looking around and saying, is there a way to fit this in? Is it still a standalone, one-off, limited functionality, which might be fine to go and do, um, but I'm going to start looking around at, you know, how does this fit in so I can make it more of part of the way that I work on a regular basis? Or figure out the manual process to maintain and just use it in its state. But I, again, I have certain things where I'm using every day. I'm using chat GPT stuff every day for, for marketing, uh, for advertising purposes. Um, it's a great tool to uh, get you to, to unbreak uh, writer's block, give mm -hmm. you ideas to summarize complex things. So I'm using it for the things that it's good at. But at the same time, almost every day, I'm investigating something new that I've seen, that I've heard about, that I've read about. And I think that's that's what we need to do. We need to, you're not going to keep up with everything, but you need to be reviewing, that's be right. talking about, thinking about. I think uh, areas that uh, I am going to continue to uh, explore are keeping those chat GPT conversations open so it can keep uh, iterative learning yep. from my style to try and really reap the benefits of it to, to try and get outputs in my own voice. Uh, second thing is I'm, I'm looking for opportunity boons. So uh, I have writer's block all the time for trying to get blog content out, but something tells me uh, if I just turned on my webcam, talked through it, and if something could spit out a blog images and all this other stuff on it for me and save me for that week-long process of putting a blog post together, hey, I'd be all over it. I might even pay for it. So those are areas that I'm looking forward to next is to try and uh, still have my authentic voice, my style of presenting content uh, in in a medium that I'm comfortable with. So that's yep. next for me. That would be, how fantastic would that be if it would just learn from us, from our writing samples, from the work that we're doing out there, and then start making suggestions based on, you know, and so if, if I were able to automate that and say that, you know, people visiting my website, what are they searching for? How are, how are the people who are visiting my website? How are they finding me? What are the keywords that are important around that? And automatically take those and incorporate those things into that content that I'm asking it generate. Yeah, we'll get there. It'll, we'll get that next level of automation. Then we go back to that. Maybe like the last question is, so do you, Norm, do you care if you're reading content? Do you care if 40% of it or 60% of it was written by AI and the rest of it by the person? If you mm. find content that you are getting, finding is very useful and doing your job or informing you of something. Do you care that part of it or most of it was written by AI? I probably wouldn't be the first question I'd ask myself if I'm reviewing the content. I'd probably be more interested in the outcome of consuming that content. Uh, you know, it, it's 
So I, I probably would not care, but if you told me that it was AI generated, I may not think of the author or hold the author in the same light that I that I was at the moment. Uh, but then, you know, I I have a book on my shelf right now that I'm reading. It's a, it's a fiction book and uh, it was it was written. It was written. Uh, it has the 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 author's name and then it says, you know, uh, uh, it's Tom Clancy book. So Tom Clancy inspired type of book by this other author. And I was like, so I'm not it's Tom Clancy or is it not Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy and it's not Tom Clancy, but it's in the same style. So I'm like, it's still a good story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, good question. OK, but here's the I guess here's the real thing. Uh, do the people care who are consuming it if the information's right? Probably not so much. Do the people who are creating it feel like it's more of an issue than it actually is? I don't know. I know I don't feel that comfortable just having ChatGPT write my blog post for me. No, it's just like as we were talking about at the beginning uh, before yeah. we started recording. Is like I, I'm I've never been comfortable with ghostwriters. I know yeah. it's a thing. There's some people there's like I'm really busy. The thing like it, it if somebody I was when I worked for companies where they offered up like hey, somebody can help you write and I'm like what does that mean help you write? It's like well you just give them the ideas they'll go and actually write it and then like right. put my name on it I'm like no yeah if they I get the company wants that because they can leverage off of my personal brand, you know, more content, I'm like, yeah. but I didn't write it. So no. So I've yeah. never done that. But if you were a, I don't know, uh, a sporting figure who had a, an amazing story, you wouldn't care yeah. who wrote it. No. And so I get that. I understand that perspective, but me personally, yeah, like right. I've just, I'm just not at that stage of my life where I can, I feel comfortable with having somebody else write and put my name on it. If I've not written it, if I didn't have a, have a hand in the creation of it. See, I look at AIs differently than I do another person in that regard. But then again, I would never have AI do a hundred percent of of my writing. Yeah, I understand. Where, where it excels, where I use it, the number one scenario that I use AI today is where I go in and I kind of, I, I call it my stream of consciousness writing, where I just jot down bullets, bulleted list of here, here's what I want to cover. Uh, and I, I'll go run it through AI uh, to give me ideas of, of what to write, of the structure, right. how to better structure yeah. that. So it's very Smart. much an iterative process. Yes. But it's my content that I'm putting in. I'll ask it to reword some things. To if I, because I will generally write longhand and very wordy, and I'll ask it for ideas to condense. Absolutely. Great examples. Absolutely. But I do. That's the kind of stuff I do almost every day. It's an interesting space. I know there's a lot more we can talk about about this. It'll be, uh, and and as we, I think that by the next time we meet, when we do our next episode, we should have a couple events. So we will have been through the Power Platform Conference in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, a couple other events. I'll have to look at the calendar, see when we meet next. But yeah, a few others. I'm going to be doing some international travel. So uh, I, I'm trying to get to Vegas for that. 
I might be on the outside. I'll ping you. I'll let you know if I'm down there. We might have to have dinner or something. Yeah, uh, I would like that. I might not and, be on uh, the inside. But uh, well, yeah. thanks as always. Great to catch up with you. It's a great topic. And uh, again, I I think there will be some more Microsoft news coming out that we'll be talking about next time we meet. Looking forward to hearing that news and looking forward to our next chat. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published weekly, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Thank you.